Autobots Transform. Well, hey, welcome back to the Transformers Nitpickers Podcast Show. I'm Paul. I'm John. And today it is episode 9 of season 3 of Transformers Animated. It is Human Error Part 2. This episode was written by Tom Pugsley, who's written a lot of stuff and I think a little bit of Rescue Bots, but none of it's really relevant to this show. Uh, The last time on Transformers Animated, Soundwave put the Autobots in the Matrix. And in this episode, the Autobots are fighting Soundwave in the Matrix. Yep, we're still in the simulation and in the real world, Soundwave's rocking out with his keytar and the Autobots are just about reprogrammed, but then that cable that Sari damaged last time snaps. And this means that Shockwave has to reprogram the whatever something but it also means that in the matrix the uh he disappears and all the autobots fall to the ground yeah like 50 stories but they're fine (laughs) fine. and ratchet thinks there must be a weakness in the simulation so here we go again with the processor over matter bit with prowl and Prowl actually gets it to work. He re-enters his physical body, but before he can free the others, Soundwave just zaps him and puts him right back in. Yeah, he has a line where he's like, uh, uh, I misunderestimated Soundwave. It won't happen again. But I'm sure Soundwave could say the same thing of I misunder, I underestimated Prowl. I, I won't do it again. Anyway, <laughs> what he does is he resets the system so the Autobots are back in human form. Yep, and he... Soundwave now thinks this is going to take a lot longer than he expected, so to prevent any more interruptions, he commences Operation Organic Control. Which means that all the toys come to life, or come to life, they they start moving on their own, and they hypnotize a bunch of humans, and I guess he just takes control of everybody. Yeah, and somebody even got Captain Fan's own one for Christmas. He's like (laughs) opening it in his car, and the eyes light up, and now he's in la-la land. But back in the simulation, Bulkhead is basically swinging a traffic light around smashing shit and ratchet's like that's not how you break out of a place like this thing they need to find sound waves interface this was a little easy but eh, it works where uh they they realize they need a, a sound wave like icon and so i think it's b's like you mean that and yes. then here's an suv that just looks like sound wave just nearly runs them over and uh optimus tells the auto men to follow him and conveniently the vehicles or, or to follow Soundwave, right? That conveniently, their vehicle modes the are just exact sitting right there. One. Yeah. Uh, I, now, I do like this. They all get in, and then Optimus kind of looks at his at the uh, dash, and he's like, uh... Yeah. And none of them know how to drive. Yeah, it's the, I remember that back in Only Human and G1, where I mentioned when Springer gets in his own body, wouldn't it be neat if he had no idea how to actually run the thing, right? But back with Sari, uh, she gets home and just kicks her Soundwave toy across the room. She's like, I don't have time for your shit, whatever she says to him. But real Soundwave is watching this on a monitor, because why not? And apparently Sari, being techno-organic, is immune to his mind control. Which means she must be destroyed. So uh, she's off trying to find Sumdac, and uh, the Soundwave toy starts getting into Sumdac's head, so that it commands him to, uh, that, like you said, the techno-organic must be destroyed. Yeah, and she realizes he's talking like Soundwave, and that Soundwave must be controlling humans, so she blasts the Soundwave toy, but that doesn't break the control, and uh, he moves in on her and commercial break. And when we come back, she, you know, fires at a bookshelf. I'm I'm going, I'm just going to say it's a cave-in. I'm, <laughs> let's have this one. It's a cave-in. But a bookshelf falls in some deck, traps him. She leaves, and outside, the Autobots are horrible drivers. Yep, yeah, back in the simulation, I guess 
that took five minutes to learn to drive because they're not very good at it. And Bulkhead smashes into this truck. And I thought it looked a lot like G1 Motormaster. And the guy's like shaking his fist at him. And then like Ratchet's driving full speed in reverse. Like, ah, oh, this isn't that hard. And prowls the speeds. He pops wheelies. He's good. I'll tell you what. I come in, I'll take you for a test spin. How's that? We go out and we take the truck around a fucking block. I speed. I pop wheelies. I'm good, baby. <laughs> He's not good, though. He falls on his ass. Um, the breaks his ass all sideways, but they're chasing Soundwave to a drive-in theater, and for a second, they think they've trapped him when then a whole bunch of other Soundwaves arrive and they're trapped. Yep, and uh, Optimus orders a retreat, but their car doors lock, and then they get wrapped up with like a thousand seat belts in each one of them, and Soundwave appears on the movie screen and starts reprogramming them again. Okay, first off, it was a dumb move of them to get in vehicles in a world Soundwave controls, like you mm. want to get away from everything, but... I do like this in that Soundwave's mind control shit only works on humans. It doesn't work on Transformers, but he's now has the Transformers in a human form inside the simulation. And in the simulation, he uses the mind control on them, which is going to work in the real world. And none of this is scientifically accurate or possible. <laughs> but in the suspended disbelief that this world has given me, this makes complete sense. <laughs> But back with Sari, she flies off to Lake Erie Volcano Dinobot Hole in the Ground, where she is immediately <laughs> knocked out of the air by Swoop. Yeah. Yes, and then she confronts Grimlock and Swoop, and there's a bit where Grimlock doesn't want to help human. Grimlock, crush human, and she just fires off her energy beams, and he's like, okay, uh, maybe Grimlock leave human alone. Yep, but I'm not going to help you either. And they're walking away. And Sari's like, wait a minute, aren't there supposed to be three of you? And Grimlock's like, yeah, we're not speaking to him. He's a traitor because Dinobots are not pets. <laughs> it turns out he is a pet. Uh, we go to Scrapper, who yes. is wearing like a giant straw hat and has the like <laughs> bender from Futurama, rusty five o'clock yes. shadow. <laughs> Fucking beard. And he's writing his journal in the snow and the water coming and keeps erasing it. But this made me laugh. He's like, it's been 48 days. I'm still separated from my colleague, call my buds. He <laughs> <laughs> can't spell it. I mean, she shows up and he's basically like, ah, oh, not you again. He's like, no, 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 hear me out. I need your help. And he's not interested. And then the pet comes up and it's Snarl. Yes. And uh, Sarah's like, Snarl, you call him Snarl. And I'm thinking... Really? You called him? And he's like, well, I was going to call him Slag, but he seemed to uh, be offended by it. And in a series where Slag is like the, oh, fuck, that they've used a couple times, I get that they don't want to go with Slag. But it, I don't know. I kind of feel like they acknowledged it, but then also just spit in G1's face. Yeah. But if, if it was going to be Snarl, why didn't you just make him Snarl to begin with, right? Like, yes. But uh, either way, Sari says she's got a job for him and... She explains it and uh, mix. <laughs> Scrapper's like, that sounds a lot like work. And I'm a free spirit now. I guess he's retired. <laughs> she's like, there'll be oil. He's like, yeah, well, even if there is, we're stuck on this island, lady. Yeah. So, but she points out, you're a constructor con, construct a boat. So he constructs a <laughs> boat. And they're on the boat on the way back to Detroit. And he's like, you know what? Kind of fuck it. I don't think we're going to help you. He's like, uh, as soon as they get there, he and, uh, I'm snarling. Snarl. I guess we're heading north to oil country, and she's like, "Oh no, you're not. You're gonna help me, like it or not. You're gonna be a hero." And did somebody say hero? Yeah, here he is. He's back. I mean, we <laughs> knew he had to come back, but it's Rickar. Yep, he jumps out of the water onto the raft, and Sari says, "Oh, you got to be pulling my leg." So 
He does. Picks her up. Starts pulling, he her, starts leg. pulling her leg. He has. Okay, it's the same old yucks with him, but he does have a couple great moments later on. Oh yeah, especially one. one yeah. I noticed here though is that Sari refers to up north as like oil country, which I mean it has to be the oil sands. Yeah. But there's been enough little Canadian references. They went out of their way to make a just. I don't know. It's been like four or five. I have to assume there's somebody on the writing staff. Is oh, it's not Tom Pugsley because he's this is the only episode he's written, but somebody in the writing staff has Canadian connections because they just make an effort to throw Canada every in once, there in, a once in a while, yeah, yeah. And and dear, dear American listeners, as a Canadian, let me tell you, we eat that shit up, <laughs> we take it wherever we can, yeah, yeah. And Scrapper asks, uh, who, who's this junk heap? And sorry, he's like, he's our newest member, I guess, <laughs> like, she's not really happy about it, but. Take what she can get. And they get back to Detroit, and Sari tells him to transform and roll out, and Wrecker immediately just does, and boom, he's out of here. <laughs> and, and then uh, Scrabber just gets on Snarl's back, and they ride off, and Sari's like, what the hell? So she has to catch up with them and be like, whoa, 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 we need a plan. Yep, we right now we have the element of surprise. Soundwave doesn't know we're here, and then Soundwave immediately flies up through the road behind her. It's like, hi. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, there we are. But she kind of gets everybody ready to attack when all of of a sudden the Autobots show up and she's like oh thank god you're here I was gonna have to work with these assholes yeah. <laughs> like right there <laughs> but then all the Autobots eyes turn red commercial break and when we come back she sends Scrapper and the Dinobot I keep wanting to call him Slag after Bulkhead and Ratchet and Wrecker here with me but he thinks they're a bit young to be going steady like, yeah oh, I know that one, that's not the one of the good jokes I was referring to <laughs> uh, she tries to talk some sense into the Autobots it just it doesn't work um, you know it's the classic like I'm your friends deep down I know you don't want to hurt me blah, blah, blah. but she then says to Wrecker alright this isn't working cover me so he throws a tarp on her covers her yes <laughs> I laughed out loud uh, and he starts digging his backpack, looking for something heroic. But by throwing all the other junk around, he manages to take out Prowl and Bumblebee by accident. Yeah. Although Optimus comes in with his handy booster axe and just dices the big log that he pulls out to pieces. Yeah, it's like Looney Tunes falls apart on him. <laughs> it really is. Yeah, Bumblebee repeats the techno-organic must be destroyed bit. So Wreckgar grabs her. He's going to destroy her. But she reminds him, you're a hero. And he's like, oh, yeah, I'm a hero. Don't forget it. <laughs> yeah, I. You know what? At this point, I kind of I'm starting to like him more than just the fact that he's Weird Al. There's some good writing to this guy. This is a pretty decent episode. Anyway, uh, Soundwave starts controlling. Oh no, he can't control Sorry, but he can control her jetpack. So he basically disconnects that from her, and she falls into the snow. And then Scrapper gets tossed beside her, and they're getting their asses kicked. When Scrapper points out. We're getting our asses kicked because the five Autobots are all being controlled by one guy. And that gives her an idea. If each of them attack a different target, he won't be able to handle them all at once. Which they did. Well, there's kind of this argument of like, I thought you said we shouldn't do that. She said, no, don't do it. But you said, no, no, just go. So they go and just, yeah, it works. Soundwave starts to get completely distracted and can't focus on one fight at a time. Yeah, Scrapper pulls the top off a of fire hydrant and freezes bulkhead solid immediately because that's exactly what would happen that quickly oh, and yeah, then yeah, this totally. part was 
perfect. Rekgar thinks Soundwave's song is catchy, but it needs something else, and he pulls out an accordion. Perfect. It was that was the other laugh out loud moment I had. It was great. <laughs> so, um, oh, Prow almost takes out Sorry. There's a moment where he gets on top for and he pulls his fist back, but hesitates just long enough for him to get his ass kicked. Um, and then uh, Ratchet gets a fire hose wrapped around him. Yeah, and Scrapper's like, yeah, we're not bad for a bunch of losers, aren't we? But then Optimus just swings his axe and that lays them all out, it looked like. Yeah, Soundwave brags pretty much that uh, now that Optimus is the only Autobot standing, he can put all his focus on them and he comes at them heavy, except Char- Charles. I was going to call him Charles. Calling him Slags bad? Calling him Charles. <laughs> Actually, I'm going to just keep calling him Charles now. Let me write that down. <laughs> anyway, Charles the dinosaur, the Dinobot, <laughs> charges Optimus. And Optimus, this is kind of so awesome, it's a little out of character. But he Optimus grabs him by the horns, picks him up, and slams him into the ground. That's like Megatron caliber fighting. Yeah, it's like professional wrestling kind of stuff. Just body <laughs> slam. And then he just rips a billboard down onto Scrapper, and then he uses Rekgar as a shield to block Sarah's shots. <laughs> Rekgar has this, like, you know, death speech of, uh, I can't read, it's silly and stupid. I'm Rekgar, who am I? What, is, what episode is this? Or something dumb. And then maybe he dies or passes out, but it'd be kind of fucking dark if Sorry killed Rekgar. Anyway, <laughs> um, Optimus comes at Sorry with his big booster axe, and at the last friggin' minute, Prowl, who has been conscious this whole time, decides he's going to throw batarangs, and he knocks Soundwave's keytar out of his hands. Yeah, and just after Optimus brings the axe down, hits the ground, you see his eyes turn blue again, but... He's like, oh, no, what have I done? But then Sarah comes up from the other side of the axe. She's fine. Yeah, that was uh, manufactured tension. But uh, they all have their brief moment of, oh, we saved the day. But they didn't because then Ratbat transforms from Kitar into Bat and attacks Prowl. <laughs> yeah, he just carries him off. And Optimus tries to smack him on with the axe, but Soundwave tackles him and now Optimus loses his axe and Soundwave's like, your axe is useless. But Optimus is like, yeah, but yours isn't. And he grappled things laser beak out of the air and smacks Soundwave off with him. And then so, oh, so Soundwave gets wrapped back, back into Kitar and starts jamming his like hypnotic tone. Um, and I, I have to say, like, as I was <laughs> saying that, I was actually miming playing a Kitar with my hands. But um, <laughs> you can't help it. The Kitar is like the coolest and lamest instrument. I've it's never seen a real one in person. I know what it is, but I've, I've never seen a real one. They're they're so... Or at least not an actual Kitar Kitar. Like, you've seen the, the kids' toys things, obviously. Yeah. Anyway, uh, he, he starts getting his Kitar jam going, and Optimus somehow transforms Laserbeak into a guitar, like forces it, I don't know, but then starts jamming out. I wish this went on longer, but he just beats Soundwave with the guitar. Oh, yeah, he just beats the living shit out of him. Like, he goes all Nikki Six here, beating the <laughs> yeah. fuck out of him yeah. with this thing. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, he just smashes him the long way right through the head, and uh, all the Soundwave toys just glitch and fall over, and their heads pop out on springs. Yeah, and then the actual Soundwave turns into, like, a tiny cassette recorder, and Sorry goes to yeah, I guess take it or push a button before she can laser beak zips in and flies off with him. Mm-hmm. And now Powell is on the big screen. I don't know why he would put this on television, but he's like, Oh, I'm ruined. I'm, I'm <laughs> no. going to have it's to refund every last penny. <laughs> 
And then Sumdak just yells at it from the street. Um, uh, the Autobots have this little moment with Sari where they're like, oh, we now understand what it's like to be human. And she says, oh, I get what it's like to be a leader, Optimus, which she kind of does. I will say this. Teenage Sari is a lot less annoying and way more bearable than child Sari. And then Bumblebee just asks her, okay, where's your... Didn't you have three teammates? And uh, where is he? Oh, there he is. And Rekgar, the hero, will clean up this town. And yeah, they're all happy to be a family. And Rekgar is Santa now, I guess. And he has garbage for all the good boys and girls. Soundwave's plan is to reprogram the Autobots to serve him, is it? All right, fine. Using a keytar to do it is kind of different, but suits the character, though. But either way, he doesn't reprogram anything. They're just mindless zombies that need to be controlled manually. That's unprogramming. He just took the drivers out of the cars. Kind of literally. Which is also fine, I guess, but it still doesn't explain what the point of the simulation was. You took them out of their bodies and you had to put them somewhere, but... Why make them humans? Why not trees or bricks or potatoes or something? Something they can't move. And now that they're out of their bodies, why keep them around at all, let alone in something they could possibly escape from? Fire them in there and shut the fucking thing off. There, gone. Forget about them. Experiment time. Go to your computer, remove a file from it to some kind of portable media, flash drive, CDR, five and a quarter floppy, doesn't matter. Then remove the media from the computer and throw it out the window. There, it's gone. Unless you pick it back up and put it back in the machine, whatever you put on there is never getting back out. You want to make good and damn sure? Smash it with a hammer, set fire to it, rip it in half like Chip Chase did in G1 with the antimatter formula. Yeah, give that a try. First find, and then rip a five and a quarter floppy disk in half. That's an experiment in and of itself. Here we are at the end of another episode of the Transformers Dipbrickers Podcast Show, Human Error Part 2. Paul, thoughts? I liked it. I liked it. Me I, too. The bit where he pulls out the accordion, I was like, yes! I just, but it's like blinking your message. Like immediately laser beat grabs it from like, that could have gone on a little bit longer. Like not a big long thing, but at least in you know, all five seconds or so. I was really expecting them to drop the ball in the second part. And they often kind of do drop the ball in a two-parter or a trilogy. But this was a really solid wrap up where, you know, all the, I'm making quote signs here, logical actions made a little sense. The rules were a little silly, but... Yeah, it, it worked. I, you know, here's the thing I don't get. Why did it have to be a Christmas episode? Yeah, it's really that. Well, I, I guess, you know, sound waves the gift that everyone's getting that year. And that's why there's so many sound waves. But it still doesn't explain why. Where did the real sound wave come from again? Like, Yeah. And it's just they ended it with such a like, you know, peace on earth kind of family thing that it just felt like they were really pushing the Christmas angle. Uh, the next episode Paul and I are going to watch is Decepticon Air. If you want to get high, you can find us on Twitter. <laughs> I'm at John Sobey, man. Paul's at P. McPherson 1. Yeah, make sure you rate and review us on your podcast app, whatever it is you listen to us with. And uh, tell all your friends, tell everybody you know. You can tell them that they can find old episodes of the Transformers Nitpickers podcast. Show at transformersdipickers.podbean.com. And until the next episode, keep on transforming. See you later. Did somebody say hero?